met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, and for tonight we have one of our incredible returning guests joining us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome. He's an author. He's the host and creator of Truthiverse, the freedom hacker himself, Brendan Murphy. Uh, now then, Brendan. Hi, mate. Hey, you all right? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me back, buddy. Oh, no problem, mate, no problem. Um, I've been looking forward to speaking to you, Ben, and I will say that I would like to uh, shed a bit more light on your um, your first book, Grand Illusion, please. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so it was my kind of, I guess, uh, distillation of the first 10,000 hours of, of study and, and research and exploration and, and personal experience into what is the nature of reality, what is consciousness, and um, yeah, so it's a deep dive into the human, the paranormal, human uh, superpowers, if you want to call them that, uh, and parapsychology, you know, quantum physics, how it all ties together. Uh, so yes, if you're interested in any of that stuff, it's it's that's the kind of book that it is. Um, very uh, in depth, very broad scope, big picture, and um, yeah, it's it's one of those books that people tend to have very. Um, big sort of perspective shifts or, you know, even if, even for veterans in, who've read lots of stuff in, in those realms, yeah. they, they still come away with, with a lot from the feedback I'm getting. So. Yeah. Well, you know, Brendan, right. You, I was sold at paranormal. It's just that word. So, um, I could imagine it being particularly interesting, especially with, uh, with what you've just said. Uh, how, how did it take you to, um, I know you've, it's like, basically like a compilation of what you've from your starting of podcasting but how long did it take you to um complete the book like from start till you finish i think it was somewhere between five and six years um yeah so i because when i started writing i was 24 and i didn't really know i didn't have a super clear picture of exactly what the finished product would look like so yeah uh, <laughs> well, you know that's a good thing to have. <laughs> uh, so if you're going to start writing something, generally, you know, think think ahead about what it's supposed to look like. That's my advice. Um, and that's why it took me so long because I had a certain kind of an idea about it. And then I realized as I, as I was doing it that I was actually yeah. going down a certain direction and I was going to emphasize certain things uh, and hone in on them. So that then became the focal point. And I ended up having like, you know, six books worth of material that I sort of like separated out. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah it was it was in, in, an insane thing to do uh so i lived as like a that was all i did full time uh, i was basically just like a broke hermit uh living with my my now ex-partner and that was all i did it was like seven to twelve hours a day research and writing and you know i'd, I'd whack in a couple of hours on the guitar at the end of it and <laughs> that's yeah. what my day-to-day -day looked Fair like balance but, but yeah <laughs> balance so uh yes yeah, that, yeah. that was the process it was a it was a something I don't necessarily recommend, but that's why it's such a deep and, you know, um, all-encompassing kind of a, a book. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what would you think out, out of everything that you covered in the book, in your opinion, what was the most interesting for you? Hmm. Oh, like, like, a... like if it was me, it would be paranormal straight away. <laughs> Anything yeah. like that. I mean, that's really the whole thing from, you know, from chapter four through to the end, it's, it's very, um, it just is focusing on different aspects of that, of that world. So 
I think for me, chapter six, I found really interesting because I was um, talking about the subatomic structure of, of reality and the we, we looked at some of the clairvoyant investigations into subatomic matter, which turned out to be extremely interesting. And um, that that actually is very instructive in terms of understanding the nature of the fabric of of what we think of, of the matrix of reality that we live in yeah. and the fact that it's actually that it's it's actually kind of a nothingness it's it's when we talk about solid matter it's actually made of emptiness so it's a complete inversion of what we what our senses tell us is a complete inversion of how we're conditioned to think about reality and and solid matter so solid matter is just yeah. emptiness structured in a certain kind of a way so it's like the mind of the mind of God spins these little vortices, these vortexes on a nanoscale, and those little vortices get structured into um, matter, but it's really emptiness. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, it, it, it sort of ties into, like, I guess, reality can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, we, we make to it an extent. We, we to want, an extent, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of all just a dream, you know. We we live in this kind of dream yeah. matrix that we're dreaming ourselves into. So, it, it, in a way, it really is what we make of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that that was like the most interesting. What was the most challenging? Uh, probably trying to stop writing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was. A lot of interesting stuff. I think the challenge that I set for myself was to to interrelate and interconnect things and show, you know, connecting the dots in a, in a way yeah. that was cogent for people to see a, a different kind of a picture emerge. And so that at the end of it, um, it is kind of structured in a way that it's progressive. So it gets deeper yeah. and it gets weirder as it goes along. And then oh, by the end yes. of it, <laughs> by, by the end of it, you have a you have gone through a, a like a transformational kind of experience that was kind of what i was going for um so yeah, yeah it's not imagine. necessarily an easy thing to do yeah imagine mate um so uh, what i want else what i wanted to ask you mate is um have, i'm presuming you've had um paranormal encounters yeah or experiences um, would you be up for going into some of those please mate yeah, I suppose I've had a, a bunch of stuff of various uh, various forms over the years. Uh, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I, I was meditating on a regular basis. I was going to a, uh, a meditation group at the local spiritualist church. So I started to activate the uh, clairvoyant faculty and, and that started showing me, you know, I started seeing like orbs floating around, floating past me and hanging really? out. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was definitely working. Um, and, you know, I, my my partner at the time was highly, highly psychic. And so we had some interesting, weird stuff happen around us as well um, in the place she lived while we were in Sydney and while she was there um, in, in my mate's. I didn't live there, but she she was there sharing a, a share house. And yeah. we're, we're in my mate's bedroom hanging out on, I think it was a bedroom. He had a lampshade uh, hanging and it would start swinging for no apparent reason and then at some point it, the, <laughs> at some point the the shade kind of uh i don't know must have been dislodged or something it actually like melted through the uh it kind of melted and and fell uh, and dislodged and then we had we had a bunch of weird stuff happen in that house like the swinging lampshade but then in the main in one of the other rooms like the foyer we uh there was like i can remember one day we had this sort of swirling kind of like etheric energy in the room that was visible like tangible um and you could see this energy swirling in this place and i was like well this is this is interesting and so there was a lot of activity in that house um and i think she might have attracted quite a bit herself because she was really mediumistic and then um yeah if you fast forward a couple of years we were living in melbourne in a, in a different place very very different place in melbourne and she we were sitting on a couch in one of the living rooms and we heard a, a bang, like something hitting the floor, sounded like it was coming from the kitchen. So we went, we went in there and there was like a wooden spoon uh, on the floor that had somehow fallen off the, off the bench. And so that was weird. And so, um, you know, we put it back, put it on the bench, we place it so that it can't possibly physically fall off again in any normal kind of a way. Yeah. Go back to the other room. 
sit sit back on the couch and then within a few minutes we hear this thing clack um clanging to the floor again so we go in and it's the, the same spoon has been somehow after thrown you, the floor. so after you we, fixed it so say say again after you fixed it on on so it couldn't have fallen off again it couldn't have it couldn't have fallen off it couldn't have slipped off and then we put it back and we went yeah. back to the living room and the same thing happened again so it happened three times and it was like wow this is this is like not just strange this is almost like a message it's like an intentional kind of a sounds like it doesn't it <laughs> i was trying to get our attention here and she she actually took a photo she took a selfie with her phone back back then this must have been uh around 20 2009 2010 somewhere there and behind her over her shoulder she actually there's there's a like a gargoyle type creature that is visible in the photo um which you know, if I had the if I had it handy, I would show you. I'd do a screen share. Hey, but that um, sounds fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was not. Uh, it's not you know hard to see at all. It's like there's something there. You can see the mouth, the lips, the nose, the eyes. Um, it looked like a gargoyle. So yeah, there was something happened. There was a lot of activity in that house. That's, that uh, that. Do you know what that? Have you seen? Uh, I think he's insidious. Something similar happens that where they take a picture and he's got like some fucking demon dude at back of him or, or like a, a ghost of sure it's insidious but it sounds like that um hey that that, <laughs> that sounds proper fucked up <laughs> that was it you know like like after you took that photo did things ramp up um i don't think it got any any more intense um and we ended up moving um across the country so at that point i think the there wasn't the same much. day <laughs> oh yeah, no. <laughs> giving it toes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it uh, it didn't get any worse that I can remember anyway. It's crazy, aren't they? Yeah, it's uh, uh, it just goes to show, on it. All, all the years people have said they've been seeing this, they've been seeing that. Then you get like solid, solid proof. Exactly. Yep. And it's it's not just, you know, it's not like we're just seeing things in our in our minds. Yeah. yeah. You know, we can take photos of, of this stuff. It's it's uh very objectively um observable. And you know, cameras don't have hallucinations. They they're not manufacturing, you know, delusions. They're just showing you some of the light spectrum that is not normally visible. So yeah. Oh it's yeah. There. yeah. I mean like like what you mentioned uh, just previously. Like you, you could see like a swirling energy field. Um, I don't know if you if you've seen Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimension. There's something like that in in that film, but they can only view it from a certain camera. It's got like a certain lens, like a filter, and you can sort of see what you the naked eye can't see. All that. Um, so what was it? What was the name of it? I haven't seen it. Uh, Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimension. Oh. Okay, yeah, I think I saw a paranormal activity, but that is that one of the more recent ones? Uh, you know what I, mean? I think it's about the fourth one. I could be wrong. Just one minute. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's decent. Like if you, uh, you know, my my daughter loves stuff like this, so I like I, I enjoy uh, watching with her. <laughs> it <laughs> came out with paranormal activity five. It is. Oh, cool. Um, and it came out two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I, there's a really interesting um, documentary about uh, uh, this kind of stuff on uh, Netflix at the moment. They, I can't remember what it's called now, but uh, they were testing the hypothesis of this uh, very famous couple of ghost hunters whose names hopefully will come to me in a second. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ah. Yeah. And yeah, so they're they, well known, aren't they? They're yeah. They're supposedly the most famous ghost hunters. They're they're past now, but. Um, they did a lot, a lot of research in person, you know, case studies, going to people's homes. And they had this theory that there was like a 28-day cycle where uh, if you went into one of these like haunted places, that it would gradually, there are certain stages that it would go through as the activity would heighten and intensify. Um, and so they, they, they put a bunch of couples, they had like three or four different couples go to different very notoriously haunted places across America and they made them they got to live there for 28 days straight and that was that was their home for 28 days so 
there's a very interesting um, footage and types of communication, like media music communication, and they use various devices like the spirit box and these white, white noise type um, generators, which allow you to to hear to hear messages that are generated from these other beings that they're, yeah. they're able to manipulate the electromagnetic field. So there was a lot of really interesting communication and some visuals that came through there. And one guy ended up sort of possessed for a, for a brief while and he had to go to hospital because it looked like he was having a heart Shit. attack. But when, when the doctors got him there, they were like, we don't have a clue what's going on with you because it looks like you're having a heart attack, but you don't have any actual symptoms that are associated with this so something weird's going oh, on and he right. he was acting very bizarrely and it was it was quite an interesting uh thing so it is yeah. on netflix I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of it but you'll be able to find it i'm sure yeah we'll have a scoop for that mate sounds good sounds good mate <laughs> there's a someone else has come on netflix as well uh, i think it came out last week uh, you know the producer del toro um you know what i mean I can't pronounce his first name, mate. He's, um, I think he made... Oh, Toro? Yes, yes, yes. He's a, I think he's called Cabinet of Curiosities, and it's like a similar layout to oh, like Creepshow. You know, like, remember Creepshow and Tales of the Crypt? Like, short yeah, stories. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that, that kind of um, series. It's brilliant, mate. It's got, like, short stories from, like, H.P. Lovecraft, etc. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Recommend that, mate. Yeah. Um, so the gargoyle, and uh, it was has there any, I mean, and that's fucking more than enough for anybody to handle that, mate. But has, have you had any other experiences? Uh well, I mean, when you go to a trance meditation group <laughs> for a couple of years, you you get to see some pretty wild stuff uh with the the spiritualists that was interesting so we had lots of different types of entities spirits coming through you know people who are earthbound dead earthbound didn't really realize understand what was happening to them or you know what their condition was you know had, having to you know deal with them and help them transition properly and uh yeah i mean i've seen lots of interesting stuff um over the years i guess i guess you know to me it's it's all pretty pretty normal at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like we 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 are consciousness, so there's nothing that unusual about surviving uh, the death of the the physical body. Um, actually, if you want, if you want, I've got a I found the photo. I could do a possibly do a screen share so you can see that gargoyle oh, face. Oh, mate. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, here we go. Okay, screen share. All right, let me just see if I can get this right. Screen share. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so can you see my screen now? Uh, yes, I can, yeah. Let me just tilt my phone, mate. What the fuck's that, mate? <laughs> what is that? I don't know how clearly you can see it on your end. On my end, it's quite clear. You can see an open, gaping open mouth. You can see the nose. There's something interesting around the eyes, where the eyes are. And it's sort of like this uh, like spiral vortex that it uh, is attached to, like it's manifesting through this vortex. And there's really only a face there. Um, and it's sort of coming out from behind her left shoulder. Uh, but yeah, most of the face is fairly clear. You can see the bottom lip clearly. Hey, it's like a you know, so it Brendan, right, I'm, I'm, the way I just looked at it, it's only just clicked as you're explaining it, that that is um, a face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mate, it's, it, that's, it's, <laughs> that's crazy, that, mate. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't deny it. There's, there's definitely activity in that house, and I think that thing might be involved with it. <laughs> With its mouth being open, I'm wondering, was it, it looks like it's shouting somehow, trying to communicate, maybe. Oh, fucking hell, man. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, do you know, like, are you all right if I screenshot this? Yeah, 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 you can do that. Cheers, pal. That is, mate, I don't know what's more incredible, the actual picture itself or the fact that you've captured it <laughs> yeah i'm glad i'm glad you did that it's is, well done photo. mate that is brilliant uh, I'm, I'm proud of you thank you 
It's a, it's a great photo, yeah. Yeah, I'll that. Just... I've just got that in a, it's a, in a slide presentation I'm just putting together yeah. at the moment. Oh, nice, mate. Nice. Uh, there we go. I think I've stopped the screen share now. Yeah, um, it's, yeah it's gone back to normal now, mate. Uh, wow, mate. That's, uh, that's brilliant. As, yeah. uh, did, have you, did you include that in your book? Um, that picture did not make it in, no. Ah. We can make it in. <laughs> I, uh, that's an oversight, though. I mean, I should put that in book two, definitely. Oh, definitely, mate. I've got that daft work on my face now. That's really brilliant. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'll try and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can add it to the show notes. I'm sure there'll be a way to be able to do that. Yeah, go if for you're it. All right with it. If you're all right with it. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so, right, you, you book two. Is it going to immediately go off the bat of from book one, or will it have like a different approach? It is. It's literally a continuation. It's just essentially the same book in two different parts. So, um, it, the focus of book two is very much the like the non-physical realms, the afterlife, out of body, um, right, right, and really like near-death experiences. But going into it in a way that is not commonly done like i'm not i'm not just collecting a, a, a bunch of interesting stories um you know i'm going into mythological stuff i'm going into the physics of what's happening uh, it's it's going to be a very it's it is a very unique book it's uh it's it's huge um but it's it's also going to be very unique it's not just a collection of of interesting stories although there are a lot of interesting stories in it's a <laughs> very unique approach that way like you're saying, the, the different perspectives and you're throwing them all together and taking like mm. mythological side of things, etc. It's um, oh, that must be challenging half that, Brendan. Yeah, it's it's fun to it's fun to do that stuff and you know to break down like the the concept yeah. that people uh, you know the belief systems show where certain ideas actually come from. Um, and trace them back through time and and to see also the evolution of consciousness through through time you know like I like to go in nitty-gritty but I also like the big picture perspective at the same time so I I have a yeah. I, I put together something that in the end is is very uh, distinct um, and you know I find it fascinating like doing the actual research and connecting the dots myself you know I, I have oh. I give myself you know insights and revelations and, and it's very it's a very interesting process to, to write a book like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can imagine, mate. I can imagine. Uh, you, you just mentioned near-death experiences, Brendan. Is this something you've experienced yourself, or is it primarily researching? I've had uh, I've had meditation, meditative experiences. I haven't had what you would call a near-death experience. Um, although I recently, a couple of days ago, actually, I had a, an interesting experience in meditation, which appears to be maybe what some people or a lot of people experience if they have like a a natural death like uh you know if you're not hit by a bus or something suddenly yeah. taken out suddenly um there there seems to be this process which um has been outlined by dan winter where you go through these these sort of like transformations of consciousness as your electromagnetic vortex is kind of accelerating and uh, separating from your body and kind of like it's supposed to kind of project you into the yeah. the, the afterlife realms uh, for real, as opposed to kind of like just popping out of the body and hanging around in the in the sort of earth, <laughs> right? um, which which happens to people. But yeah, so there there were these um, uh, what was his name? Kluver Kluver was a, a German researcher, and he was doing something many many years ago. I'm just trying to remember the date, but he basically was studying altered states of experience, uh, sorry, altered states of consciousness brought right. about by like plant medicines, hallucinogens, this kind of thing. And he found that people would witness across the board, they would witness this sort of pattern of visual images. So it would start with what they would generally, it was like four or five types. So there was like a grid and, and then there was like a spider's web type shape um, and then a, a, a tunnel and actually, let me just pull this up for a second. So yeah. there was these, these stages that they would go through in their in their perception, and um, 
what he found also was they people would experience these these visuals in near-death experiences as well and what Dan Winter saying is that this is the this is the uh, kind of internal perception of your can you hear me, mate? Brenda, can you hello? Oh. This, just find this. Can you hear me now, mate? Yeah, I, I can hear you. I, I can see you, then it just, just froze. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have it. It's still been recording, like, so. Okay. But, uh, probably around, roughly around a minute, something like that, mate. Let me just see if I can um, find this uh, thing that I'm looking for. Just give me a sec. Yeah, mate. I'll tell you what, mate. You know what? Why are you, uh, why are you having a look for that? I think, me personally, um, I, you don't realise, obviously, because you're not looking, but more and more people are talking about meditation, and you don't, I, well, I didn't realise the how powerful meditation can be. Mm. Hmm. It's yeah, just, yeah. just like, it's like it's overlooked, when it's as fascinating as anything else. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to understand some of what's possible um, in the realm of consciousness, that's that's where you, that's where you go. You you meditate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's really like, and it's so it has so many applications and benefits. You know, from just my, being more mindful, being more calm, uh, and then you know having like mystical experiences will give you amazing insights. Downloading information from the field, all this stuff. I mean. Uh, there's just so many different reasons to to do it. Um, you know, developing clairvoyance, for example, that was my interest back in my early twenties, um, and it works. You know, if you if you're consistent, it, it definitely works. Um, so I found what I was looking for. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> so it was in the in the 1920s, and it was 1926. Apparently, Heinrich Kluver. Heinrich Kluver was his name, and he was doing that research I was talking about. So he found that mescaline produced four of these recurring geometric patterns that people would see, and he called them form constants. So it starts with lattices, like including a honeycomb pattern. So like, you know, what a lattice is. Uh, then you got like checkerboard patterns, triangles, and then you go into cobwebs and then tunnels and then spirals. And so there is this progression and Dan Winter has, has actually connected it into his, uh, his physics which he, you know, is, is very unique and a very, very uh, like revelatory kind of um, a download in itself. And he's shown that that pattern of seeing these form constants, like going, like I had the experience of it started with a grid or a lattice, and then it moved into a like a cobweb. So you know, it became like a a little bit of a spider's web. So you have the central dot in the middle, and then the the lines radiating out from the the dot, and that's like the next stage of the development from the lattice into the the um, the, the cobweb and then from there I, it basically just I found myself in a tunnel um, moving through this tunnel very rapidly that's kind of you know the perception of it um, and then the next stage was a spiral so I didn't see or experience um, a spiral as such I just shot through this tunnel and I what I saw on the other side of the tunnel was for some reason I don't know why this pyramid kind of silhouetted against the sky Perfect. and then my vision shifted to the stars and I was like looking into the stars so I'm not sure exactly why it ended like that, but I got to experience in meditation the progression of Kluver's form constants uh, as outlined by, you know, Dan Winter and Kluver himself. So, yeah, very interesting experience there. Do you think, uh, like we just mentioned, firstly, mate, uh, that sounds incredible, uh, but when you just mentioned a uh, pyramid, do you think there's a possibility that, uh, like, cultures what have had pyramids as part of the for example Egyptians uh, do you think that that's a possibility that they have pyramids for this purpose yeah yeah I think that's part of what they uh, at least some some of the cultures were were yeah. doing was you know they they seem to be trying to facilitate uh, certain types of conscious uh, transformations and and that's why they you know 
certain alignments, uh, you know, with certain stars or constellations. Um, yeah, the, the answer is, yeah, they, they, they're not, you know, the orthodox explanation that they're tombs is just, um, I, you know, the, I mean, like, if you look at the Great Pyramids, they're obviously not uh, just tombs, they're built for a completely different purpose. So, yes, initiator experiences, for example. Sounds incredible, mate. It's, uh, I, I mean, it makes you wonder, uh, were they the pyramids there before the Egyptians? I think that it's quite possible. Um, you know, they've they've Robert Shock had had to re he redated the, the Sphinx to something like uh, nine thousand. I think it was like nine thousand five hundred or ten thousand BC. BC. Um, Whew, that's BC. Old. Yeah, that's all. Um, so you know, I mean, who who built this? I think that you know, if you take seriously the subject of these alter, uh, sorry, these these older ancient civilizations that got wiped out like what yeah. we call what we call atlantis um would have been called by different names by different people but there was definitely we've definitely had these older civilizations that have been wiped out and so egypt is probably one of those legacy civilizations from that one where maybe they've managed to you know uh, obtain or preserve some of the technology and the the knowledge that they had because yeah there's no way in hell that the, the those pyramids were built by dragging those huge stones up mud ramps. That's just that's not even physically possible. I, mean, I, I highly doubt that. It's it's someone did the calculation of how long it would take them if that had been the, the method they used, and it, it was so ludicrous they'd still be building them. Um, like so, now, <laughs> yeah, they'd still be building them now. That's how that's how insane that that theory is just absolute bullshit. So. Uh, they they have even now like the Tibet. I, I mentioned this in in book one. You know, there's certain sects of Tibetan monks, for example, that still have the knowledge of how to manipulate matter, like huge blocks of stones, using sound in a particular way, so that it becomes weightless and levitates. And then they direct a sound current. They can control where the stone goes using the sound, and that looks like a much more plausible way. Of, that's how you shift blocks that weigh you know 40 tons 80 tons you don't do it by wrapping a rope around it and trying to pull it up a mud around that's insane um so there's technology and knowledge that is still it still exists but they obviously you know the atlantean civilization if you look at the different sources around that that they had that some very sophisticated knowledge um and i think that that, that legacy is still it still exists around the place like the tibetans still have some of it they know still to this in the 20th century they were still levitating huge rocks huge stones using sound so if you can make it weightless you can build anything yeah yeah um i think out of all like the theories because nobody can really say how it was made but for a theory i would lean more towards what you just said Brandon, for sure yeah um it's just a matter of you know people people i've been conditioned into such a small vision of possibility and and our science is so limited and it's so outdated and it's been all this knowledge from history has been intentionally suppressed so what it does is it contracts people's sense of what's actually possible out in the world yeah. you know i mean your your ideas of how do you build a pyramid when we have to shift these stone blocks how, how you do that you've only got one option if you're in, stuck in the mainstream box but if you realize we've got this knowledge of making things essentially weightless then yeah. your your options for building a, a pyramid, for example, suddenly are very different. You know, you you have a much more efficient way of moving things around, and you don't need to be dragging things up mud ramps. I mean, that that whole theory just doesn't add up on any level. So there's clearly there's no there's the mud ramps, and you know where did where did they get the mud from, and they would have had to transport it from you know hundreds of k's. Or like not one single aspect of it makes any sense. And then you realize, oh well, we have the knowledge, we have the ability to levitate stone okay well now now it doesn't take a thousand years to build a pyramid now you can do it a lot faster and that's you know if they have the knowledge to do that then obviously they have other pieces of knowledge that allow them to do this kind of construction work in a way that we can can barely even imagine we're still trying to put yeah. the pieces together yeah you know i mean for all we know uh, this could be like that their ability having that technology to build a pyramid that, that could be just scratching the surface. They could potentially be capable of fucking at anything. Yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, exactly. 
I mean, look, man, I, I think that it's quite plausible that they had uh, back in the Atlantean time frame that they had uh, flying flying craft. I mean, they had technology from, if you look at the sources around this, they evidently had technology that is far beyond what we would have given them credit for. I mean, mainstream historians don't even want you to take the idea of these civilizations seriously because we are supposed to believe that our history only goes back like to Sumeria, you know, five, 6,000 years. But yeah. it's that's nonsense. That is nonsense. So, yeah, I mean, I think things are radically different to what we've been told. Oh, that's, uh, that is evidence. Uh, and, and, you know, it's uh, it, it really is a shame considering, like you said, we're not taught correctly. Um, but now, I think it's why um, each subject, in my opinion, is as fascinating as the next. Uh, const constantly learning because, you know, there's, all, there's a choice for everything and there's so many possibilities. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to me, that, that's what makes it so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we are a species in, in amnesia and we're just starting to, to recover <laughs> from that. That's a, a spot-on interpretation, Matt. <laughs> that's what it seems like. We have deep history. We have such a deep history and it's been hidden from us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm particularly interested in the uh, Aboriginal Australian law, uh, law, so to speak. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, are you familiar with any of of the Aboriginal mythology? Would you be from over that way, mate? Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I've been interested in in that stuff for a little while. I, I have bits and pieces. I've mentioned bits and pieces in book two. Some very interesting stuff. What did you? What's what's on your radar? Well, uh, you know, I've uh, we've got Grub, one of um, our returning guest. He's been a co-host as well, Grub. He is brilliant. He's from over Australia. And we've got, um, I've done shows with Triffin, uh, Unlocking the Code, and Anthony Encounters Down Under. All, they're all mint, mate. Um, and it's like, we've briefly mentioned Aboriginal law, but it's not, it's... I guess it's similar to, you know, like how the Native American tribes, they don't like speaking about certain things. It's like you get that that same sort of um, thing with the Aboriginal mythology. But, but when, when you're not meant to uh, discuss it, I think that's what draws me to it. You know, you're not mm. meant to do something, you're going to do it, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, don't think about pink elephants. <laughs> but it's like uh, like Sasquatch. <laughs> uh, you've got like uh, the Yawa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the the Aborigines they had uh, I don't know where they got their knowledge, but they they are such an ancient um, culture. I mean, we don't yes. actually know how how long they've been around, but I would say sixty thousand years is a is a big underestimation and. They had such, they were so respected for their metaphysical knowledge, their, their esoteric knowledge that the Egyptians actually sailed out to Australia to learn from them. And Seriously, um, I did not know that, mate. They were doing that. The Egyptians were, according to the, the records, were coming out here as recently as 400 years ago. And uh, they were doing that and learning from the original culture, which was considered to have, you know, apparently considered to have the sort of this amazing sort of spiritual connection. Yeah. And um, that was public knowledge uh, that they were coming out here until the 1930s. It was public knowledge. Uh, people knew about it. And then, you know, it started to be forgotten, intentionally forgotten, suppressed. And... Um, so yeah, that that knowledge even now still exists among certain people. Uh, I know a guy who, in uh, in in Australia in Sydney, who can take you on a on a, a walk in the middle of the night through a particular track, and he has such a connection with that area that he can cause it to he can cause a particular pathway to to light up in in the night, um, like as if as if someone's gone and installed lighting through the bush. I mean, in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Um, and I've got I've got mates a good mate who's gone and done this walk, and he said it changed his life because you can see that there, there is a knowledge base that we in the West have absolutely no friggin' idea about, and they've still got it. There's, you know, there's still some clever fellas left 
who still carry that esoteric knowledge because they've been initiated into it. And they, you know, when they used to get asked by back in the by in the early days of you know where, when we were being colonized, set, settled, um, you know, you'd have the, the the sort of Captain Cook types would ask these these clever fellas, the initiated men questions that they had no right to ask them and they would intentionally bullshit them they would lie to them and give them nonsense information because you weren't supposed to have it unless you were initiated into it so there was also that happening as well so deliberate confusion and um even recently uh, there was a uh, a high level uh a clever fellow called Kano Kano Walker Kano who, Walker yeah so he he was uh he was i think he died around uh, don't quote me on this 2018 to 2016 somewhere there but he he uh demonstrated in the presence of um my my mates uh, Stephen Evan uh, uh Stephen Evan Strong and uh another author quite a well-known author who was there with them uh Kano demonstrated the ability to to teleport himself uh in front of them and it it just blew this guy's mind he was just left absolutely gobsmacked so again like that that knowledge that esoteric knowledge as to how to manipulate reality they still have it but you know it's not something they're going on you know they're not being invited onto the six o'clock news to talk about it yeah uh teleportation so they actually seen him teleport that uh, i want to i want to know how to react if somebody did that in front of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah they literally they literally he was he was over here crazy. and then blink of an eye and he's you know 50 meters away over there and it's like well i mean that's physically impossible right according to the the orthodox point of view but um the orthodox point of view is very very out of date <laughs> so we have to start yeah. considering yeah. other other possibilities i mean when you when you realize that this is just a construct of consciousness this is essentially just a dream it's no different to any other dream that you have at night uh, then yeah. the, the rule the rules change, right? Because if you go into a dream and you become lucid, you can manipulate it in ways that you can't if you're if you're not aware that you're dreaming. And it, it's the same principle here. It's just like we we are conditioned to think of reality as it's solid. You know, this table, it's solid. Look, I mean, you know, I can't put yeah. my hand through it, but it's a dream. And if if you realize that, you become lucid in the dream. You can start manipulating in ways that you can't otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Wow, mate. <laughs> uh, with you just mentioning teleportation, uh, Triffin has mentioned, um, you know, uh, apologies, I'm not sure of the area in Australia, um, but there are, are allegedly areas that the, you know, the Aboriginals use for, like, sort of travel, like, for example, like a wormhole or sort of, and they, they would be, say, a point A, which would, just say your house and then they could get to point B, which should be, you know, miles away. And there yeah. was, there'd be no physical way of them getting there in that time. Yeah. But they did. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And they, because they, in that shamanic kind of culture, the, the. Yeah, that's, yeah, shamanic. Yeah, that's what. That's what it is. And in, in the initiated men, um, would know the power places to go to where the, the electromagnetic um, coherence uh, is at its maximum. It's like in, if you've read Castaneda, you know, Don Juan Martis, the, the shaman, he talked about these power places where you can, you know, sense certain things or have certain experiences. And that's because the energetic conditions there are optimized for that kind of thing. So they, they would absolutely have known where to go to in order to facilitate like essentially teleportation. Um, and they could do that, and they had other abilities like the that are shared with the Tibetan, um, the Tibetans who who would have this. They they could do this form of running, and I know the Aboriginal clever fellows could do it too. They could run in a way that is completely supernatural. Like they would cover meters meters at a time with one single step, and they could sustain this for hundreds of kilometers without resting. So they would go into a completely altered state of what? consciousness. <laughs> And and they do things that are not supposed to be possible. But I mean, the the evidence that that they can do certain impossible things is pretty pretty overwhelming at this point. I hate that. Uh... Okay, I don't know what to say. Mate. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's um... it's like like uh, Sasquatch. 
out when when they run, they they can just stride like it'll well apparently they can stride like over roads and do you think that it has some connection to what you just explained over teleportation? Maybe. I mean, I think this, the Sasquatch thing looks interesting because it's like this is being that seems to be in, kind of one foot in each world, like it's between worlds. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's probably there's probably a common point there. There's probably a couple of dots for us to connect there. Um, and so, yes, these these sort of otherworldly amphibious type beings, they they're not bound by the the rules of our game to the extent that we are. And if you yeah. alter your consciousness, your consciousness is is how you shift between dimensions. And so if you get into the right kind of state, you can do things in this reality where you're bending the rules or you're breaking the rules. It's like being in the matrix, you know, it's like the, yeah. the whole point of that movie is to understand that you're inside a, a mental construct. And when you realize that, then you can manipulate the construct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it makes it to, to me, it, it, the possibility of it, it actually being possible yeah i mean there's there's some really wild stuff wild wild cool. stuff yeah, yeah and and it's yeah. just like okay well how what like it's like what's your boggle threshold you know like a lot of people aren't willing to <laughs> yeah to go there they won't they don't want to hear hear about somebody teleporting because it, it shatters too many of their beliefs about about reality so yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just a matter of being willing to to follow the information and and you know not accept everything blindly, but to actually connect things and think through them and go, okay, well, does this make sense? Oh, well, okay, it does. If I if I'm operating from a, a broad, you know, like high perspective, then things can make sense. Things like this do make sense, and we just it's just a matter of you know leaving behind that conditioning that tells us without any real evidence or foundation for it, just, it's just a bias, you know, leaving that conditioning behind that says that's not possible, you know, because, you know, because some yeah. scientist guy said so. I mean, it's like, well, what, what, what does the evidence actually tell us? And what is, what about, what, what, what are we to make of it when all these different people from around the world are giving us the same information or almost the same information. And we have, different strands of evidence that support what they're saying from all these different areas like yeah, yeah just even just if you look at parapsychology like i spent a lot of time with evidence from parapsychology in in the first book because it's coming from a very very uh disciplined scientific realm where these people are highly meticulous in their work because they know that it goes against you know this phenomenon goes against the prevailing worldview, the so-called scientific worldview, which is completely yeah. bullshit. And they so therefore their standards of of operation are extremely high. They're very fastidious in the, how they work and how they control the variables and, and do the experiments. And at the end of all of that, you know, decades of, of parapsychology, the evidence that the human mind can do things that it's not supposed to do is absolutely irrefutable. You can't argue with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that is definite. Like you say, right? um, <laughs> it's like um, now we know we know that these these things are uh, what they are. But like you say, there's there are people who um, it's like they don't want to accept it or they can't accept it. It's like uh, maybe some sort of fear, uh, but I don't know why. It's, I think part of it, a lot of it comes down to the fact that an ego, a personality is built out of the beliefs that it holds. And if you crash a belief, then part of the ego dies. And it obviously sees that as a threatening type of experience, doesn't want to be killed, doesn't want to die. So it hangs on to these beliefs and you know, you can't reason your way out of it. When someone is attached to a belief, irrationally attached, um, because they're identified with it, you can't, no amount of evidence or logic can prevail. So those types of people, unfortunately, are still largely occupying the, uh, you know, they the, are. the positions of influence in the world of science. And they're, they're the ones who are uh, uh, running the, the journals and, and this kind of stuff. So it's, there's an incredible sort of like gatekeeping um, operation that's, you know, just because these people are, are blind and they're conditioned and they, they've got closed minds, 
Um, and they effectively just hold, they're holding humankind back because we could, we could have moved so far forward, but the, these idiots who are given um, un, undue authority, you know, perceived as authority figures, they're telling us a bunch of bullshit from, you know, based on science from the 17 and 1800s. And, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic because if you go further back in time, like into so-called prehistory, you end up with much more advanced science and much more advanced technology and, and you know, then yeah. 21st century science. And what, what about the black projects, the secret space programs, all, these, all this technology that we're yeah. not supposed to know about? Uh, it's, it's obvious that these guys in the mainstream, these gatekeepers are just basically just completely hoodwinked. Yeah, it is. Like I say, Brandon, they are to prevent any form of progression, uh, and and they will they'll they'll go to the you know any extreme in manipulating us, and, and I think that's what they've got with the, the people what um, are, would refuse to accept something such as teleportation as possible when it's been going on for thousands of years. The Aboriginal connection we just um, spoke about uh, that speaks for itself. Do you, are you do you know which area is it? Was it is it the Blue Mountains or something around that area? Um, or was it the stone? There's a, a stone engine, a stone engine type area in Australia as well. But again, I'm sorry, I forgot the names. I yeah, that's the right. Answer. There is, there was, um, some, it was a quite well-known um, uh, rock formation that uh, I forget the name now too. Um, that they were trying to basically bulldoze. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what your your original question was was asking. Um, it was just just explaining that that how they manipulate people into so that the belief is not to. Uh, teleportation not being a possibility. It's like like society won't accept it. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know that 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 just serves that serves the interests of the the so-called power elite. You know the ultra rich, the Illuminati, yeah, the yeah. bloodlines. They they because they know all this esoteric shit is real, uh, and so the more they can hoodwink us into thinking that it's irrational and crackpot stuff. Um, the more they can use it to to control us and and keep us limited. And that's what it's all about, isn't it, mate? As long as they think that they've got the upper hand, keeping everybody in control, you know, uh, you can either uh, roll with it or go against it. Yeah, we just need you to know, build our own build our own paradigms, build our own reality, and leave them behind. Yeah, it's true that, mate. It's true. So, um, do you think there's anything else uh, that you would say is relevant to uh, any of the uh, oddities, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so to speak? Ah, <laughs> uh, there, there would be. Um, we could be, we could be here for for days. I'm sure. <laughs> I can imagine, mate. I can imagine it. Uh, Was there anything on your mind out? in particular? Anything weird? What what weird things you've got going on in the book? You must have some, mate. I I have I have heaps, endless endless amounts. I'm the the only problem is if you give me open questions, I'm not very good with open questions. <laughs> right, right, okay, mate. Um, what's the the out, out of all the experiences you've had? Which one stands out most to you, or has that affected you? Well, I think that oh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think altered altered states of consciousness that open the the capacity to experience reality much more broadly. So the what most people would call the mystical experiences, you know, where you where I've touched infinity or been tangibly connected to infinity, they're they're the ones that really bring it home um, because now you get to experience the actual living reality of an idea or a concept like the, as it was laid out in Michael Talbot's book, The Holographic Universe. Um, and then I had the experiences that showed me, 
oh, this is actually, this is true. This is what we really are, is this field of infinite consciousness, yeah. infinite potential, everything that could exist, will exist, has existed. That's what we are. And we get to experience an infinite number of transformations of consciousness um, within the illusion of time. Uh, so, yeah, anything that brings it home and anchors it and it allows you to embody it, I think they're the, the experiences that really stick with me. I mean, the paranormal stuff's kind of fun, um, but I think... Yeah. That, that I, I always, you know, I want to help people see things from a bigger picture perspective. And uh, that's where I'm, you know, I'm drawn back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, the way I look at it, mate, I think meditation has been a huge part of, of your, uh, your journey. It was really key. It was really key in those first sort of yeah. the first two years, first two years of it. That it was key because it, it, it um, yeah, it gave, it gave me experiential uh, knowledge. Fascinating, mate. It really is fascinating. Uh, well, uh, Brendan, uh, what time are we on now? Um, mate, you've sort of like melted my brain with some of this. Um, <laughs> In a good way, in a good way. Um, That's my job, mate. <laughs> it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all beyond fascinating. Um, but for you to put it all together, at, and you know, in your unique approach, I think that adds to the fascination. Um, when will you be releasing book two? It's gonna be, it's gonna be next year sometime. I've decided, you know, for the last, honestly, mate, for the last last two three years, I've been like. All right, this year I'm going to do it. This year, but it hasn't. It hasn't. I haven't been able to. So next year, 2023, I think uh, is is the year. I got to get this done because it's kind of driving me a bit crazy to not be able to move on to the next phase, which is already, you know, my mind is is like a yeah. five five years or more ahead of what I'm actually working on. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've got to get it done. It's going to be next year. I'll, I'll definitely let you know and, and let people know. And if they're oh, on nice my one, right. Yeah, if they're on my email list or you know following me on Telegram or Instagram or something, there, then uh, yeah, they'll they'll find out about it. Oh, brilliant, mate. Um, well, Brendan, um, it has been an absolute blast talking to you again. And um, would you like to let everybody know where they can get hold of you, please? Yeah, mate. Thanks. Um, so my website is the best place to get them, uh, brendandmurphy.com. Uh, if you add a slash TGI, it'll take you straight to the book page. It's uh, it's a little bit cheaper than going through Amazon or something like that. Uh, and uh, yes, so if you want to check out the masterclass for how to for how to evolve yourself, uh, that's evolveyourself.live. And the thing that I recently launched, mate, which I'll just quickly give a shameless plug to, is the Truth Aversity. Yes, no problem. Yeah, we kicked off. Um, Truth Aversity. A month ago, yeah, the Truth Aversity. So that's where all my like premium content goes for members only. Uh, all the multimedia stuff like audio files, videos, um, the stuff that I'm getting, you know, my VA to make videos for, which are like, you know, on a different level, you know, not just someone staring at a camera. Um, all the podcasts, the complete episodes of the podcast are all going in there. All my articles in in full, the full versions of everything. It's all in the Truth Aversity. So, um, yeah, it's a members only container. I'm going to be... Uh, dropping all the best stuff in there for hopefully years to come and uh it's truthversity truthversity.com if people want to check it out truthversity.com yeah I, I mean i'll add all your links as well in this way but uh thanks brendan uh, it has been an honor speaking to you again and thank you very much uh, you are a, a very talented individual um, it is um uh, we have truly gifted to have you in this community, mate. Thank um, you. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. That's that's very kind of you to say. And I I really am grateful that you, you know, you want to hear me prattle on and, and I appreciate being on the show with you, brother. <laughs> oh, mate, thank you very much. Uh, I want to stop recording now, mate, but Brendan, thank you, sir. Thank you. Exactly. six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. 
blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.